everyone. Thanks for joining us back at The Intersection, a podcast that brings you candid conversations with members of our community and leaders in our industry. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome. I'm Megan McCluskey, Global Communications Specialist at SEI, as well as board member of the SEI Women's Network. Today, I'm joined by a few of my fellow board members, Jennifer Ciotti, Alyssa Mandeville, and Emily Swope. Thank you for joining the podcast today, ladies. Thanks for having us, Megan. I'm excited to be here as well and for our conversation today. Me too. So we're sitting down together today to talk about the Women's Network Annual Leadership Summit and to share some highlights from the event this past year. To start, I would love for you all to just share with the listeners a little bit about the event. Jenny, would you like to start us off? Sure. So the Leadership Summit is a true example of a grassroots initiative at SEI that the SEI Women's Network launched in December 2014. It's still really hard to believe how much it's evolved since then, and that last year was already our seventh annual event. The Leadership Summit is an annual event consisting of panel discussions, presentations, and breakout sessions designed to help attendees grow personally and make an impact professionally. We aim to cover an array of topics that serve as a leadership toolkit of sorts, equipping attendees with the essential skills, inspiring perspectives, tips and tricks to become better leaders. For example, this year, our speakers covered a wide range of topics, including vulnerability and authenticity, confidence, intersectional leadership, navigating times of uncertainty, and more. Since its inception, the annual summit took place in person at our Oaks, Pennsylvania campus. When planning for our 2020 event, working with the restrictions of the pandemic, we had no idea if we'd be able to pull off an event of this size virtually. I'm a little embarrassed to say I was very skeptical at first. Fortunately, it all worked out and the new format had many silver linings. Not only were we able to spread our event over two days, but we were able to expand our reach across our global offices and open up event registration externally. Yeah, so um, each year with our summit, we pick a new theme um, that kind of ties to our sessions. It's woven through each session and really, you know, guides us throughout the summit. So this year, our theme was Tested by 2020, Powered by Purpose. This theme really, I feel like, can mean different things to different people depending on, you know, who you are or where you're at in life. But really at its core, you know, this theme was all about inspiring people to look beyond their present situation and the difficulties or challenges that they might be facing. You know, life is definitely not always going to go as planned, and we certainly know that from 2020 it will throw us a lot of curveballs, but really by keeping yourself grounded in your higher purpose, we can kind of use this determination to help get us through those tough times. So in finding your purpose and, um, you know, looking at that, it is really personal to you, obviously, and it, it requires you to look inside yourself and to be your authentic self and to be vulnerable. So. There is no better way to kick off our summit and our theme than to hear more about the importance of vulnerability from Lola Banjo. So to kick off our highlight reel, let's hear a clip from her session. Vulnerability um, is really that, that, that fiber, that, that thing that helps us experience that true connection. But, you know, I get why it's scary. Because by definition, if you look at the definition of vulnerability, it's literally the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Now, if you hear that, that definition, I think a lot of people are not like raising their hands and signing up and saying, I want to be vulnerable because nobody wants to be attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So I get it. 
No one is like, I'm signing up for that definition, right? But if you kind of take it down a bit and you just look past the definition, you realize that vulnerability is really not all that scary. Um, and you just define it instead as how true connection is formed. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but I, I get it that it's not, it's not always easy. Actually, it's not easy at all. Um, and, you know, but when you flip that definition, you think about it as just how true connection is formed, it sounds a little bit less intimidating. So what exactly is vulnerability and what really enables vulnerability? So let's talk about that for a second. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so vulnerability, what it is, is I think it's, it's very important to accept yourself first. If you don't accept yourself, you don't accept your story, you don't accept who you are, your imperfections, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's really hard to form, form authentic connections and really be vulnerable because you yourself is not, have not accepted yourself. So you're not really able to walk in your truth yet. Um, and I think it's very important to believe that you're worthy. Like I mentioned before, you're not going to be for everyone. Everyone, no one is going to be for everyone, but you have to believe that you have a purpose. You are absolutely worthy of, of, uh, of everything that you want in, in life. You know, you're worthy of success. You're worthy of good, good health. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of connection. You're worthy of building these authentic relationships. You are worthy. Um, just because somebody does not see your worth or somebody does not gel with your worth does not make you any less worthy than, uh, than others. And then also celebrating growth opportunities. Um, I think accepting yourself is very important, but I don't think that that means limiting yourself. I think there is, um, there is, everyone should have a recognition that there's always growth, right? You know, I have friends that be like, oh, that's just who I am. And I'm like, okay, I get it. That's just who you are. But that does not mean that you can't improve, right? We all can strive to be better than who, you know, who we currently are. I look at myself every day and I say, okay, I want to accomplish one thing today that helps me grow. Whether it's just reading a book or doing something helpful for others or, you know, just being introspective or meditating or whatever it is. I want to accomplish one thing that helps me grow because when I take an inventory of my life, it doesn't matter if those things are minutia or, you know, big things like accomplishing a degree or anything like that. Everything I experience helps me grow. Even heartbreak helps me grow. Even things that disappointments help me grow, getting rejected, things like that helps me grow. So I embrace and celebrate those growth opportunities in my life. So Lola definitely mentioned a lot of important topics in that clip. Um, one thing that she talked about that really resonated with me is that being vulnerable is how, you know, true connection is formed. And by being vulnerable, you can really learn about and relate to other people. We can't be afraid to be our authentic selves. Um, but really, as Lola mentioned, this first has to come with accepting yourself and walking in your truth. Um, and I just thought that that was very powerful. In tying it back to our theme and in finding your purpose, she also discussed how you really have to believe in yourself and believe that you are worthy of finding your purpose, right? So you can't get to that point unless you do feel like you are worthy of that. And really, at the end of the day, vulnerability is an opportunity for growth because in serving our authentic selves and being vulnerable, we can strive for our higher purpose. Emily, I totally agree with you. At a high level, Lola delivered her session with such energy and real authenticity. Her message of owning who you are and being vulnerable to experience that true connection really opened the event on a high note. 
In that clip specifically, I love how Lola explained that she strives to accomplish one thing every single day to help her grow. It's so true. Everything we experience in life can help us grow and become better, stronger people. And it doesn't have to be this big, grand thing. Taking baby steps and making a commitment to accomplish even one small thing every day can really be a great opportunity for growth. The next clip I wanted to highlight is someone who has a similar mindset and has made a commitment to doing something that truly gives herself joy. Vivian Estat, currently a client service director in FBI's institutional group, delivered an amazing TED-style talk on feeding your soul and the importance of making time to do something just for you. Especially in a time when all of our worlds are blurring together, this is a message I feel like we all needed this year. It's even more critical for all of us to find that thing, or things, plural, that are just for us and bring us joy. And we need to find or make time to do those things, even when it feels challenging to do so. For those who don't know Vivian, outside of work, she is an amazing baker. And yes, I've had many samples, so I can absolutely vouch for that. In her talk, Vivian speaks to her journey launching a baking business and the lessons she learned along the way. Let's take a listen. There are two questions that people always ask me when it comes to my baking. How and why? I have a full-time career. I have a family and a toddler. How do I find time to bake? It's not easy. I often bake after my son goes to sleep at 8 p.m. Since I work all week, my time with him is limited, and unless I'm under a deadline, I try not to bake when he's awake. Also, it takes about 10 times longer when he is. I start with a baking plan, and I break up my tasks over a few nights, meaning that in the days leading up to a deadline, I'm averaging three to five hours of sleep a night. Is this ideal? No. I love sleeping. My husband will tell you, if my head is supported, I can and will fall asleep. But I also love baking and decorating. And when I'm wrapped up in decorating for two to three hours, I hardly realize that it's 2 a.m. sometimes and that my son is going to wake me up at, in four hours and that I have a full work day ahead of me. But to me, it's worth it. Not all the time, but once in a while. So I challenge you, find some time for yourself, even if you have to give up a little sleep once in a while. And the second question, why do I like baking if I don't even like sweets? This is why. This is Charlotte, the little girl across the street who was obsessed with all things frozen when she turned two. She was the recipient of my Elsa doll cake. I tend to get a little emotional sometimes. When she saw that cake, she was so excited. She, her face was just lighting up and she had that look of pure joy on her face. She talked about that cake for weeks, even asking her mom, who celebrated her birthday a few weeks later, are you getting an Elsa cake too? Charlotte just turned seven last month, and occasionally that cake still comes up in conversation. I love the joy that I can bring to others by doing something that allows me to express my creativity. I love that I can make someone's special occasion, or even just a regular day, just a little bit more special by making something that's delicious and customized just for them. This joy is what fulfills me. The process of getting to that joy is how I feed my soul. This journey has been long and full of ups and downs, but when I go back to the beginning, it began with me just getting started because why not? And even though there was a lot of self-doubt along the way, I didn't let it get in my way. I kept charging on. And when I got stuck or needed a pep talk, I asked for help or a fresh perspective. 
There are lots of times when I got overwhelmed and I had to break it down, handle it step by step, one task at a time. And I learned, and I still continue to learn, how to value myself, my time, and my product. I become more confident through that process. And throughout my journey, I've challenged myself. And I continue to challenge myself. And now, I challenge you. In an environment where you sometimes feel suffocated because all your worlds are blurring together, find a little time for yourself and feed your soul. Explore an interest, maybe something that you've always wanted to try but haven't yet. Or maybe you already have a hobby and you want to take it to the next level or try a new technique. Or just find a little time to actually do your hobby. Whatever it is, find the time to feed your soul and challenge yourself. Because I've found that pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone can result in the biggest rewards. And that reward may be as simple as a pretty cake. Thank you for listening to my story today. I hope you enjoy the summit. And remember, be a leader, find your confidence, and feed your soul. Wow, you can just hear the passion and joy in Vivian's words. We definitely all need something that feeds our soul and gives us purpose. I know for me personally, 2020 gave me a reason to slow down, stop, and reflect. For years, I had been saying I wanted to be involved in my town government as a way to give back to my community and make it a better place for my family and the families to come. But I always had excuses about how it wasn't a good time. I finally took Vivian's advice and said, why not now? And I ran for town moderator. It required me to be vulnerable, get outside of my comfort zone, find my confidence, and believe in my abilities. And Vivian was absolutely right. The biggest rewards come from pushing ourselves to new limits. Our next clip is from a panel discussion called When VUCA Becomes Reality. At our 2019 summit, our keynote speaker talked about the big eight leadership capabilities, particularly essential when facing a VUCA environment. VUCA stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. But none of us really could have been prepared for the form VUCA took in 2020, with COVID-19 and the unforeseen levels of change, uncertainty, and true crisis. Two of the areas hit particularly hard during this time are the restaurant and hospitality industry and our school system. We wanted to highlight clips from Nicole Marquis, founder and CEO of Hip City Veg, Bar Bonbon, and Charlie Was a Sinner, as well as Melissa Butler, Director of Technology, Communications, and Assessment for Springfield School District. Each of them shared their perspectives on navigating such a challenging time, embracing a resilient mindset, and what's powered them to make it through this. Let's take a listen. Leadership is that solution-oriented mindset. You know, if I was focused on the numbers only, numbers are very important, but I was, if I was only focused on that and the circumstance, I, anyone would just say, well, close it up, close up shop. You know, but this is really, I think, for all of us, a story of passion and the sheer will to make it through. You know, and I think when you, you tap into that, really amazing things can happen. But like you said, that's scary. And that is out of your comfort. It's uncomfortable to be in that space. And it can be painful sometimes. But really awesome things can happen as well because when you hit that sort of in a way rock bottom for some of us right it was like everything had dropped so when you hit that what you're left with 
is a freedom to try things you never tried have tried before and freedom to really just go at it with your all and just see what happens, you know? And I think when we achieve a certain level of success, we can get a little bit um, careful, right? Because now we have this incredible responsibility. Whoa, we have to be more careful about things. But that entrepreneurial spirit that is what's what's necessary to get something, to make something out of nothing requires a freedom to just go at it and try new things. So that's definitely what we got out of this time. In times of uncertainty, I think there is a tendency to search for the right answer and the solution. Um, And I think that what the right answer or solution may be in one environment doesn't necessarily uh, transfer to other environments. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And so I think we have been very good at determining what our approach will be, what our decision-making processes and um, matrices will be, and sticking to that all the way through from March until now. And that has really served us well. Um, because in different environments, different companies, different school districts have chosen different approaches uh, to things and and how to support their teachers and students, how to support their employees, how to transfer their business from um, brick and mortar and in person to virtual environments. Um, But really in taking a look at your environment and your community and what will work for them and, and being secure Uh, in that decision-making. That's really helped us. Nicole received a lot of great feedback from our attendees, and she was actually just named one of the most influential restaurant CEOs in the country. And you can completely understand why after hearing that clip and the mindset she's had during this time. You can tell that Nicole really has this entrepreneurial spirit ingrained deeply in her DNA, and she has this contagious sense of positivity and willingness to try things that's so admirable, particularly in a time of crisis. I completely agree, Jenny. There is so much to learn from Nicole and Melissa and how they navigated through the challenges they faced in the last year. I think Melissa mentioned, you know, a lot of great points, but um, especially her point that there is not a one-size-fits-all approach during these times in finding, you know, the solutions to work through it. You really have to determine what works best based on your context, you know, whether that be, you know, the school district that you're in, the company that you're at. So I can say from an example of my role um, at SDI as an HR partner, you know, we've really had to adapt and be flexible to the needs of our employees and try and meet them where they are and, you know, find solutions based on what works best for them and the challenges that they're facing to really help them succeed. So that can be anything from childcare initiatives to helping employees with work from home to having more flexible policies. So that's kind of how I see it come up in my day-to-day, but I think it's really relatable, you know, regardless of the industry that you're in and also personally too. And that's a wrap on the morning for day one. After the panel session, our attendees moved on to the breakout sessions on our agenda. These sessions are meant to be deeper dives on specific topics with a focus on delivering practical, actionable takeaways that attendees can start using immediately. This year, our breakout session speakers cover negotiation, communicating our values, decision-making in times of uncertainty, and harnessing your strengths. And from there, attendees could also explore all of the on-demand content that we incorporated into this year's event experience. 
Exactly. So some of the on-demand content that we provided included um, our annual Her Story magazine. So we release this every year during our leadership summit. This year it was shared virtually and included content such as four interviews with SEI women, an article on the importance of male allyship, um, and also an article that elaborated a little bit more on our theme, Tested by 2020, Powered by Purpose, among other things. Additionally, we identified two external women as Shiro's and we interviewed them. Um, the reason they were selected as Shiro's is because we were really inspired by them and the impacts that they were making in their communities. So these interviews were available um, for people to view. This included Tess Hart, who is co-founder and CEO of Triple Bottom Brewing, and Chloe McKenzie, who is founder and CEO of Black Femme. Additionally, we released a podcast on the FBI intersection. In this podcast episode, Krista DeGuffroy, who's our Director of Inclusion and Compliance at SEI, and Joe Riddle, who's Director of Neurodiversity in the Workplace, had a discussion on unconscious bias. So we were really excited to incorporate that conversation into our day. Emily, speaking of new things available in this virtual format, the SEI Women's Network was able to showcase 22 female-owned small businesses across a spectrum of product offerings and geographic locations. The pop-up shop was a great way for these businesses to expand their global reach and for the attendees of the summit to shop for unique products and gifts. I know I put a dent in my wallet that day. Luckily, I was able to reset myself on day two by starting off the morning with Ashley's yoga session. This was followed by an attendee favorite format, three talks, three ideas, one hour. In one of the talks, Tamara Hobbs, a relationship manager at SEI, dives into the world of introverts and how we all need to adapt to the world around us, which tends to favor extroverted traits. In this clip, Tamara talks about her own personal experiences and how she has utilized her strengths along the introvert-extrovert spectrum. Let's take a listen to her journey. Now, 24 years ago, uh, before I joined the SCI family, I was in the military. Now, the military is very much a performance-based organization. It thrives on uniformity, and so not much time is spent on evaluating personality traits once you've, you've been con commissioned or enlisted. There's a very regimented officer evaluation process, and the reward for your performance is a promotion to the next higher rank at varying intervals. Now, you wouldn't necessarily think that an introverted personality type would be a good fit for a military officer. But as an officer, you, you have some autonomy, and there's an expected level of responsibility and discipline to get the work done that needs to be done. So when I was in the military, I knew how to balance being out in front, leading my soldiers, and the time that I needed in solitude, you know, but being equally productive in, 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 in both universes. When needed, I could just put my head down and handle my business. This, you know, spanned putting the work in to maximize my physical fitness all the way to learning the configuration and the safety protocols for my platoon to be able to refuel and arm Black Hawk and other helicopters when we were in the field. I made it a point to let my work speak for itself, and I found success during my time in the Army. When I started at SEI, the team I worked on was a whole new world for me. We had these big sales meetings, off-site workshops, lots of group work and role-playing exercises, and just a number of social events. And these are standard activities in a successful sales organization. 
it was a highly competitive, male-dominated, results-oriented unit, much like the military, but I felt like a fish out of water. I was no longer leading people or responsible for the lives of men and women. I was an individual contributor working on a team as a civilian. I was the only black woman on my team, so the entire situation played much more to my introverted strengths, but I was in a highly extroverted environment. So when I put my head down and did what I had been successful doing in the, in the Army, it was noticed. But the feedback wasn't quite as positive. Someone in a leadership role made an observation and told me, yep, you put your head down, you get your work done, uh, but you know, the job is more than that. The person went on to say that I wasn't very engaging in their opinion, and I was sort of closed off in my own little world and alluded that, you know, I needed to come into the fold. Now, that was well over 20 years ago. The person is no longer at SCI and probably wouldn't even remember having said that to me. And I believe those comments were much more about my personality than my performance. But regardless, the feedback caused a reaction. I realized then that I needed to adapt my approach and lean more on my extroverted traits. And this wasn't something that was foreign to me. I had learned to adapt to new environments at a very early age because I'm a child of a career military officer. My father was in the military for 30 years. My family moved to a new place every three to four years. And so, you know, some moves had a bigger impact than others. For instance, like moving to Virginia at the age of 10 when we had previously lived in Germany for the past four years. I, there's just not enough time for me to tell you how I adapted to a public school in Norfolk, Virginia, after attending a Department of Defense elementary school with a bunch of military kids in a small German community. But I kind of found myself in a similar situation here at SEI, and I needed to adapt and, to do, and do so quickly. So again, I became the new girl and worked to fit in at my new home while I was on that team. But this is a challenge that many introverts face, though, acting like extroverts. Now, most experts would agree that we're all on this introvert-extrovert spectrum, and which way you lean has to do with where your energy comes from and then also what depletes it. I love Tamara's talk and so many of the things that she mentioned. It also reminded me a lot of some of the points that Lola mentioned um, in her discussion. So it really can be exhausting to not be your authentic self. And introverts really do need to feel like they can be their true self at work. And it can be hard, I think, in those environments where it's favored more for extroverts. So we should really create cultures and environments where introverts and really all employees feel like they can be their true selves and don't have to be something that they're not. Um, I think people all have different styles and ways of getting to an end goal, and that's okay. You know, leaders operate differently. Um, we shouldn't have just one way that we look at leadership or leadership qualities because people are different. Next up, we'd love to play a clip from our day two keynote speaker who rounded out the day, Jane Marcus, senior client partner at Corn Ferry. As we prepared for this session, we talked so much about the change we'd experienced in 2020 and how there was really no going back to the old normal, especially in the context of leadership. The future calls for a new kind of leader. In her talk, Jane spoke about the evolving profile of leadership and key competencies she believes leaders should lean into in 2021 and beyond. But perhaps our favorite part was the actionable advice she shared with us. 
both for mentors and sponsors in the workplace, or for you as an individual. Let's take a listen. And I have advice for you. Affirm the talent. Be vocal in your support of others. We need it. We've earned it. And you can play a big role in supporting others. Talk business. So it's not just about leadership skills, although that's exactly what this is, discussion is about. Talk about the business. Help others really understand the operating aspects of a business. Help them find ways to get that experience. Help individuals build a career strategic plan. This is really important. People, you know, early on learn how to develop a business plan, but you need your own strategic career plan and you can help others build that as perhaps as you're building your own, bring others into the circle of that exercise. Help others network. Networking is a dirty word. Nobody likes it. Everybody's afraid of it. I like to think of it as relationship building. No matter how senior you are, there are butterflies in your stomach when you think of networking because there's generally always someone that you don't know that you want to know. Help others network. Help them put together a networking plan. Help through introductions. Actively promote upcoming women. And that's plural. Not just a woman at a time. Not just a woman here or there. Actively promote women and others. Really be part of, of someone else's journey. And provide feedback. We don't provide enough feedback for each other. And it can be done very constructively, but you want it to be the good, the bad, and maybe even the ugly, because people will really appreciate getting some insight into how they're viewed by others. So what about for you, as you think of being the future ready leader? And again, whether you're early in your career, mid-level, or most senior, what can you do to continue on your journey? Well, this is about getting those critical roles. I love to say run, don't walk toward the roles that are really going to fulfill your experiences and help you learn the lessons, build the competencies to become a great leader. Don't move only in vertical directions. So as you run, don't walk. Make sure you're thinking about horizontal moves. How are you going to get perhaps functional expertise? Maybe it's building those finance muscles. But remember, your path is not likely just to be vertical. And you will gain significant expertise and competencies as you move around the organization. Own your journey. This is one of my favorites because many times I hear people say, well, my HR department doesn't do anything. I bet you all have a great HR department and I'm sure they can help you on your journey, but it's your journey. You have to own it. You need to be in charge of, of scoping it out, being accountable to yourself and making sure it's really true to who you are. Well, in owning your journey, Build your own personal advisory board. This is a group of individuals who stand very much on their own. They don't necessarily truly come together as a group, but these are individuals that know you, that are supportive and committed to who you are. 
And that is probably going to change over time. This is very important. You want to make sure you have individuals that got your back on this journey. Broaden your networks. Here's the, the nasty network word again. So broaden your relationships. Continue to broaden, whether you're early on in your career, and it could be associations, affiliations, women's group, you know, any kind of groups where you might have interests, but continue to broaden your networks and seek ways to do so. And remember that you don't want to just have um, great familiarity internally with your boss, but think internally about all of the stakeholders are, that are important for you and to you, as well as those stakeholders external to your organization. This might seem like an odd point for you. Define your brand. I like this because we all have a brand and you're going to be different. You want to be differentiated. Who are you? Who is that individual that others think of when they hear your name? And how do you continue to differentiate who you are in a positive sense? So take some time and understand what your brand is. Remember, it's about who you know, what you know, and who knows what you know. Jane really gave us some amazing actionable advice. The two actions that resonated most with me include going after those critical roles and stepping out of our comfort zone. Your career moves do not need to be vertical. And sometimes it's those horizontal positions that actually better prepare you for a future leadership role. The second one is to have your own advisory board. We need to have people who know you, you need to have people who have your back, but they are not afraid to give you honest feedback in order to help you grow and succeed professionally. All right, so that is a wrap on the 2020 Leadership Summit Highlights Reel. Tested by 2020, powered by purpose certainly resonated with me, as it does with many, if not all of our listeners, I'm sure. Thank you, ladies, for taking the time to share about the different sessions and what they meant to you. Thank you so much again for having us. We loved reliving the day a bit. I agree. And while it was awesome to, to relive the day and dive into some of the sessions from this past year's summit, we're really excited that planning is already underway for our 2021 Leadership Summit. So mark your calendars for December 8th and 9th. I am anxious to see what incredible speakers and topics are included in that agenda, and I have a feeling you don't want to miss it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Stay tuned for more conversations with members of our community. Until next time, stay well. And of course, we hope you'll meet us back at the intersection soon.